0: Welcome to Informing Your Faith. I'm your host, Jared Cooper. And on today's episode, uh, Pastor Paul and I are going to continue our discussion on the means of grace in the process of sanctification. Paul, last time we were together, we discussed uh, how there are kind of two different categories uh, in these means of grace. Uh, The means of grace in the life of the church is what we ended our discussion on. And we talked about the importance of preaching the importance of the ordinances, what are some other uh, graces, means of grace in the life of the body?
1: Yeah, so when we're thinking about these means of grace, these are the instruments that God uses in our life for sanctification, the identifiable and, and ordinary means by which God shows us grace. And I, and I think a helpful way of thinking through is those means of grace that are found in the life of the local church, specifically and especially, and then those means of grace that are found in the, the personal life and disciplines of an individual believer are two different ways that you can think about that. And maybe of primary importance, uh, at least in the emphasis of the New Testament, is those graces that are found in the life of the local church. I mean, really, you, you know, you, you, you've got the commands of Scripture to gather together. You know, the book of Hebrews, it talks about not neglecting the assembly, and, and that's not some kind of legalistic principle. The, the idea there is you need grace and the life of the local church is where you find that grace. You need help. Church is where you find the help. You know, so so some people would look at a church like ours or a pastor like me and be like, man, that's so legalistic. They're talking about you got to go to church. You know, what, what's the deal with that? Can't they just live stream that from their PJs? Or do you really have to be at church all the time? Do you really have to do all of these things? And and the answer to that is yes, yes, yeah. and that's not legalistic. It's just acknowledging that, that we are weak and humble sinners who need as much help as possible, and God has promised that we'll find that help in the life of the local church. I mean, imagine—would it, it, it be legalistic to tell somebody, hey— I know you're starving to death and so I think that you should show up for meals when they're offered at at my house. We have three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you show up, I'll feed you. Nobody would be like, boy, that is so legalistic. I can't believe you're making people show up to to be fed. Well, that that's how church works. We need to be fed and and maybe you don't need to show up at the physical location where your church meets for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Seven days a week, but you need to be regularly assembling with God's people so that you can be benefiting from these means of grace.
0: Well, plus, if I'm going to say, if, if let me let me rephrase it, if Scripture is going to say to us, you need to sit under the preaching of God's word, how am I going to do that? How am I going to be obedient to the commands to be committed to the preaching of right. God's word if I'm not there? How am I going to be obedient to gathering together when I take the ordinances if I'm not together with God's people? And so, even the two we already talked about, it you can see right from Scripture within the context, it has to be under the guise of the local church.
1: Yep, and 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 within the church, we, you know, we've already talked about the importance of preaching and the ordinances in a previous podcast. To add to that, the corporate praise of the church is a means of grace. In other words, our music. The the music of the church is designed by God to be a means of grace in our lives. And I think it's interesting. A lot of times we tend to think about uh, music in a truncated way, an imbalanced way. We might think about our preferences in music, we might think about the experiences we have in music. That's not helpful or we might think about music as i've i've i'm glorifying i'm just glorifying god i don't have to enjoy it it's just for god's glory well it is for god's glory but god's designed it to impact us in a specific way or sometimes people think about music as hey this is just kind of my time i'm just singing this is this is my preparation for the sermon or whatever well the the scripture specifically says we're to address one another with, with, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, it, it specifically says not only are we singing these to God, we're singing these to one another. In other words, as we sing together as God's people, we're supposed to be encouraging one another. And that comes through congregational singing. As, as we're singing truths together, you know what? There's something formative and impactful about everybody singing the same truth. Like when I've had a, a difficult week and I'm battling for faith, when, when, when I come together and, and hear all of God's people sing that they're going to stand on the promises of God, or, or I hear all of God's people remind me that Jesus is strong and kind, that has a sanctifying effect in my life that is unique and is ordered by God. Or if, if the Lord has uniquely gifted someone with a beautiful voice and, and they're encouraging me to meditate on the truth by singing for the church, as I listen to this, this, this individual singing, I'm having now the opportunity to, to meditate on the beauty of the truth as I hear the beauty of this individual's voice or even instrumental music. All throughout the Psalms, especially, we hear about different instruments that are utilized in the worship of God, and we recognize that, boy, what an opportunity it is for us to meditate on the beauty of the Lord, or even specific truths, as we hear musicians just play instrumental music as an opportunity for us to examine our hearts, to meditate on truth. Uh, all of these are benefits that the Lord has designed for us through the corporate praise of God's people. And so it's really sad to me when when people miss out on these things because they're so um, worried about their preferences, one, or two, so tight in their conscience, you know that that oh we can't do that that i i don't think that's right i don't think that's right okay why is it not right where does scripture say it's not r- right and and sometimes people get so tight in their conscience that they lose out on the hey we're we're supposed to be addressing one another in music and it's supposed to be encouraging y- y- there should be joy in it or sometimes people get so caught up in their preferences that they think they can't benefit from anything unless it it matches up with their preferred style. Uh, when, when the Lord has designed music as an opportunity, maybe not to initiate truths in our life, initiate the understanding of truth in our life, but but certainly to meditate upon the truth and even see that truth permeate our hearts even deeper. I think that's one of the real benefits of music especially in the life of the church
0: yeah and music's one of those things too that's often you know again m- thought of probably poorly or wrongly just trying to think through of that um, you know because because worship is often how it's defined so music is worship or worship right. is music right and it's just it's a part it's an element of our worship service right but it's not the thing.
1: Yeah, that's a great point that I hadn't thought about before that that often we refer to the, we don't, I don't, but often people <laughs> refer to the song service as this is worship time and then we got preaching as if preaching is not worship. It's all worship. But another thing that you've just brought up that I'd never really thought about before is uh, it also tends to distract people or even eliminate this idea from people's thinking that m- that music is to be a a time of encouragement towards one another as well. People start to think of music as their own personal time with God, whereas the scripture does have a category for music where it is a ministry of encouragement from one believer to another, to sing with that believer and even to sing to that believer. And because we have it in our minds that music is is worship in this very narrowly defined way. We miss out on this idea that, no, no, we're supposed to be addressing one another in these songs, which means I'm supposed to be encouraging you to think about Christ as I sing to you and sing with you.
0: And then ultimately, the the goal of that is to be pleasing to the Lord. Right, And so what, what? Our, what our songs are going to represent is our theology. Yep. And we're singing back those truths to our Lord for what he's done in that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, I, and I understand this, but there's a lot of believers who want to guard against, I don't want it to be a performance. I don't want it to be a performance. And I understand that, but I think you've got to be careful there. If, if you're getting up there to try to show off how awesome you are and perform for yourself, that's a sin issue in your heart. But if you're if you're singing before the church or with the church and you're pursuing beauty and excellence in order to encourage God's people and in order to help them meditate on the truth, that is a service to the church. You know, how many times do people in difficult circumstances want to hear beautiful music? I mean I mean I've I've ministered to a lot of of believers who are going to be with the Lord through sickness. I've I've ministered in a lot of deathbeds and a lot of hospital rooms and a common thing is they will ask for I'd like to hear some hymns. I'd like to hear some songs and and and, and they'll play beautiful music. And that's is that a performance or is that whoever recorded that song encouraging this saint to finish their course well. Well, of course, of course it's a ministry of encouragement. And the same is true in the life of the church. So somebody might ask, well, what's the difference between a, a, a performance and, and trying to edify one another? Well, I think one, the main one is the heart behind it, which that's up to the person who's involved in it and the person receiving it. Um, and and so that, 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 that's just something you've got to handle before the Lord. And then also, is it set up for congregational involvement? So, so even when in our church, if we have, if we have some kind of special music, whether it's a soloist singing or a group singing or instrumentalist playing, we are involving the congregation in the sense that we're doing it for them as an opportunity to encourage them and help them to meditate on the truth and prepare their hearts to worship the Lord. So so that to me is not a performance. That's a That's a ministry of encouragement.
0: And again, this is another one of those things. It, it kind of all has to come under this idea that we have to be together for these things. Yeah. Right? And so the church itself, the corporate gathering, Right, even that is—that's a means of grace.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes we just overthink it a little bit. We we want to guard our worship service, uh, in certain ways, but but, and I understand that. But we've got to view the Lord as graciously using these things. And sometimes we we, we just have to recognize that that maybe we're overthinking things some too much. If somebody plays a beautiful song. that that encourages me. That's a wonderful thing. And if, and you know, and if, and if in a different context, somebody comes and encourages me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, thank you to them. So if somebody is even, even sings in church in a way that encourages me, maybe a way that I would say thank you to them would be to, to say, amen, (laughs) you know, or, or for some people to say, you know, I want to clap for this person. And, Look, if somebody comes and encourages and does something kind for me and then I just sit in my chair with my arms crossed and mean-bug them, that in a personal context that would be rude. So if somebody has sacrificially served to minister to me in music and I just kind of try to look as gloom as possible, um that that might not be an encouragement to the person who just encouraged me. So at the very least, I would want to thank that person after the service and just say thank you for your ministry to me. That that was encouraging, and, and here's how it was encouraging. Uh, it, it helped me to meditate on this truth in that way. And so you just want to leave room for for people to be able to express their appreciation for these things because one of the things we we'll are recognize is this is a means of grace. So God's going to use it to help people. And if God's going to use it to help people, then people are going to be, they should be happy that the Lord is helping them. You know, I think sometimes in our service, we're just, we're, we're just not happy enough. We're not joyful enough. We're, we we need to be serious and, and sober minded about it, but also recognize the Lord right now is pouring out his grace into my life. And for that, I, I, that just makes me want to smile. I just, I just want to smile and and be happy and joyful over that. Uh, and, and that's I think that's one of the benefits of just remembering when we gather together, when we're singing together. Yeah, we got to guard our hearts from thinking about it as a performance and 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 making it impersonal, but also I'm just so happy that I'm here with these people praising the Lord. The Lord's using this in my life.
0: So then let's let's talk about a little bit about how those things are played out in the body of the local church. Uh, how important is the local church? As a means of grace in, in in our lives and sanctification,
1: irreplaceable, unavoidable. You got it.
0: Believers they, need to
1: be together. They got to the be together. You got to be church. plugged in. The lo- your your walk with the Lord will be directly proportionate to your commitment to your local church. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor who who is employed by a local church. I mean this this is a biblical principle. In, in, in Ephesians 4, it, it, it talks about how we are to grow up in every way. This is 4.15. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, so this is the local body of Christ here, it's joined and held together, so the Lord providentially brings a group of people together, by every joint with which it is equipped, so the joints here, think about the different gifts that people have within the church. That's the joints that now unify us for ministry, spirit-filled ministry. So, so held together with, with every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, that's the faithfulness of the believer. So what's a local church? It's saved people who are providentially brought together, gifted by the Spirit, and then faithfully functioning, faithfully serving together. When you have those three elements, God providentially brings you together, supernaturally gifts you, and you in faith are responding uh, appropriately and serving the church, what happens? The end of verse 16 says it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In other words, what you have is a faithful body life, and faithful body life is a means of grace that leads to growth and especially the fruit of love. That happens within the context of a local church. And and, and so you, you come to a faithful local church, you get the preaching, you get the ordinances, you get the, the music, and and, and we're going to talk about in a future podcast, I assume, more means of grace <laughs> that are all going to happen in the life of a local church as well, like discipleship. Mm-hmm. And, and all of these things come together when the Lord providentially brings you to the place the Lord has supernaturally gifted you and you faithfully commit and function within the life of that church. What happens is that church becomes a powerful means of grace in your life so that you and all the people around you are growing in the Lord. And, and, and really it comes back to a very simple principle. We grow best in the Lord when we grow together in the Lord.
0: Yeah, and I, we've talked about this before, how important it is to have a high view of the gathering of the local body, of the church. I mean, Christ thought it was important. He died for it. Right. So why is it that we have such a hard time thinking through how important it is to be together as a body?
1: Yeah. You know, and I, and I wonder if part of it goes back to something we've talked about previously, this view of sanctification, that y- you have to have some kind of mountaintop experience, and then you'll get to the next higher life, you know, in the Christian life, rather than just kind of slow and steady progress, because... You know, a faithful church. It's not like it's not like Big Bang growth, where you're just going to show up, have an experience, and boom, all of a sudden you're a mature believer. It's it's slowly over time. The Lord is going to be growing and disciplining you through that church. And sometimes I think we lose track of that. We get impatient with that, or we get bored with that, or we lose endurance in that. Yeah, and
0: culturally, I, we don't even want to wait for two-day shipping anymore. Like, exactly. We want instant gratification. Like I want it today like i can get today shipping i want today shipping right and so we have this amazon view of sanctification right really, i mean cause the amazon because amazon prime sanctification there's no delayed there's no delayed waiting i'm not i'm not waiting for something i want it today stores what is that I'm, i want yep. it. i want it yesterday
1: yep that's right so and I, I think sometimes we just grow weary and it's hard i think part of i think that's part of the reason it's hard it's hard um you know we we all are sinners and we we sin against one another and we have to forgive one another and work through all those things and you know what that's hard and and in my flesh there are times where it's just like yeah I don't I don't want to deal with it I don't want to deal with it and that's a reality that we have to battle but you have to re- recognize that if if you are if your tendency is to is to withdraw from the life of the church then you have to recognize that is not a spirit-filled response. That is a flesh-driven response.
0: It, it I think for us, it's it, we're so selfish because we want that time. We want our own personal time. We want to be, look, I don't want to have to invest in in these things. It's hard enough that I have to read my Bible and submit to preaching and deal with other people's preferences, and now I have to do that every Sunday. Right. And I have to load up my family. I have to get here, and there's difficulties here, or maybe I had a long day yesterday. And and we just we just misunderstand how important it is to be together. Yeah,
1: and and we fail to view it as a grace, and that's what it is—the life of the local church and all that comes with being a part of faithful church. It is a grace that we desperately need because we are sinners who are weak and weary, and we constantly need the helping grace of God. And He's promised us in His Word that we can find that helping grace in the life of the local church.
0: Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Informing Your Faith. Uh, For additional free resources, please visit our website, informingyourfaith.org, and connect with us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. And also leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find their way to the podcast. And that's it for now. And remember, faith comes by hearing one verse at a time.